0: to the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast, your local business community resource. My name is Denise Heidel. Not only do I serve as your podcast host, but I'm also the executive director of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. On behalf of the chamber, thank you for listening and for your support of the chamber of business community. Hi everybody, this is Denise Heidel. Welcome to today's edition of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast. Today, I am with Dwayne Thompson and Jesse Elmore um, with Habitat for Humanity. So thanks so much for joining us today, y'all.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Yeah, thanks for having us. So tell us a little bit about you before we dive in. So how long have each of you been with Habitat?
2: All right, so um, I've been with Habitat for Humanity for nine years, um, specifically the Wake County affiliate. Um, Over in Raleigh, I started off with the organization as an AmeriCorps member, so I was out in the field um, teaching folks how to build our homes, as well as uh, managing the project itself. Um, Over there, we built um, anywhere from 40 to 50 a year, generally, at our height. We were building about 80 homes a year, which was pretty exciting, Um, but I recently made a move to the Davie County Habitat Affiliate about a month and a half ago. Um, Very excited to be here
0: and help to get this affiliate up and running again. Great. That's wonderful, Jesse. What about you,
1: Dwayne? I guess I'm the old man. I've been with Habitat going on 20 years now. Um, started my Habitat career in Habitat Charlotte um, in the reed stores down there and then moved from Charlotte up to Forsyth County and then was over in Forsyth County for 10 years, helping um, build the affiliate and the reed stores there. And then I recently moved at the same time with Jesse to um, help restart the Davie County habitat, so I'm over here now and we're looking at starting to serve families and start helping to build that workforce housing that's needed in the whole area, but we're going to look to build it here in Davie County.
0: We're going to take a quick pause from the podcast to introduce our listeners to Ireland Insurance and Jackie Jackson. Ireland Insurance is an independent family-owned and operated insurance agency that has been serving the triad for over 80 years. Jackie Jackson has just celebrated her seven year cancerversary and is also an agent with Ireland Insurance. She is a breast cancer survivor and she's grateful for her journey. In celebration of her cancerversary and in recognition of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Ireland Insurance is supporting Jackie's annual fundraiser for cancer services. Established in 1955, Cancer Services is a local nonprofit with the mission of embracing health, life, and survivorship. For every policy that Jackie quotes during the month of October, Ireland will make a donation to Cancer Services. Consider helping Jackie give back to an organization that supported her on her own cancer journey. It costs you nothing to let Jackie run some quotes for you. Contact WNireland.com to speak to Jackie and let her see if she might be able to earn your business and contribute to the mission of Cancer Services. you know i think habitat for humanity is one of those names everybody knows about the organization and everyone respects the organization but not everybody understands the mission and the vision for habitat for humanity so can you tell us a little bit about that
2: yeah i can start um just very broadly um you know our mission is that uh, we like to bring people together to build homes community and hope um so to kind of dive into that um we like, like you just said, we want to bring folks together from all walks of life to help us complete that mission. And so when building a home, we generally look for sponsors in the area, um, whether that may be a corporate group, um, other civic groups, um, you know, churches. And uh, we'd like to, in hopes of raising money to help fund our houses. Um, but then even more importantly, I think is getting the volunteers out into the community. So once again, those same groups coming out, helping to build homes for their neighbors. Um, And so with that, uh, generally, we are looking to build two homes next year, um, and most of that will be volunteer labor. And so from framing to siding to putting in doors and windows, um, putting on the roof, uh, hanging cabinets, um, trim, painting, all that sort of stuff um, will be built by the community um, for folks in the community. Um, And those homes will be sold to our partner families who will also be working on their homes and their neighbors' homes doing 250 hours of sweat equity um, before they can actually go to purchase their home. And we sell those homes for um, fair market value.
1: And Denise, I think what's exciting about the whole Habitat building plan is that you don't have to be skilled laborers to come volunteer with it. Mm-hmm. Jess is uh, one of her big things is teaching people how to build and how to do the, uh, the siding, put the siding on the houses, how to do the flooring how to hang the drywall, all that, how to someone can come without the skills and lead that day with a new skill in hand.
0: I 100% agree because I actually um, did um, volunteer to help with a build one time. um, And I was on a women's build team and I came home and I can't tell you all these years later, I still put it in my husband's face. Oh yeah, you don't know how to install floor, do you? But I do.
2: Awesome.
0: Love it. So cool. who does Habitat for Humanity serve?
1: So I'm going to start. Out. The, the biggest misconception out there is who we serve. A lot of people, if you ask out in the community, they would say that you're serving um, the, the homeless or you're serving the, uh, the people who are low income. But actually, who we are serving is the workforce in the community. We're serving the school teachers. We're serving the firefighters. Um, we're serving police officers. A, a good income frame that we look at if you're a family of four, your income is in between 30800 and 61600 per year. That is our sweet spot of serving now we serve any family size but that's kind of a starting point of our income so we're, we're serving the middle income and those first-time home buyers that just need a little help to get started they may not be able to qualify for that conventional loan especially since the uh, interest rates have skyrocketed now um, we help them out to get a affordable mortgage on that house that they now can do other things with their family, other than just be cost burdened in their housing.
0: So you said that's a common misconception. So what are some of the other misconceptions about Habitat for Humanity?
1: Um, One of them is about the houses that we do build, and I'll let Jess take over that.
0: Yeah, uh,
2: so we build um, safe, reliable housing, like point blank. Um, and I know I might be biased because I've been with Habitat for a while now, um, but I think our houses are superior sometimes to a lot of uh, for profit builders simply because, um, as she's down, uh, there's a lot of love that goes into building these homes. You know, you got people in the community that, um, quote unquote, are unskilled labor coming out and building the house. They take a lot of extra time and care to do what they're doing because they don't know necessarily um, how many nails it takes to put in a piece of sheathing. And so they're going to put in, it nails every six inches like you, you know, their leader on the site asked them to do because they don't know otherwise, right? And so um, when you come out for a day to volunteer, we really find that volunteers um, take that extra time to put into what they're doing something because they don't maybe know, if that makes sense. Um, and so there's extra bracing that goes into our houses a lot of times. Um, we also build to a um, system vision standard. And so what that means is we do a lot of extra energy sealing in our framing, um, a lot of extra caulking, a lot of extra foaming goes into that. Um, we do a blower door test at the end of our homes, make sure that they are air sealed nice and tight. Um, and with that, once they get that, um, we have a third party rater come out and do all of these types of inspections at framing and at the final inspection. Um, and once that's all approved, the homeowners guaranteed a low energy bill per month. Um, and if it does not meet that guarantee, then um, the guarantee essentially is that that homeowner will get that money back if that makes sense
0: yeah it does and i mean and you just hit on something you know that was you know a part of the discussion um outline for today is you know that some people do think the habitat houses are built you know in a substandard way because of that amateur labor but yeah you know, there's always a pro on site if i remember correctly right
2: yes yeah there's i'll, I'll be the general contractor on site actually um but yes yeah, there is always a project manager leading the home. Um,
0: So, and if, like, let's say, for instance, a volunteer goes in and um, they do mess up something, it it is corrected. It's not left in a messed up status, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. you have to pass
2: pass all of our um, county and
0: state inspections, just like every other builder. Right. So, what are the qualifications to be a Habitat homeowner?
1: So, I would go, there's many qualifications, but the big is, The um, the income requirement, they have to meet certain income requirements because we are serving people who are working within the community. Um, They have to, um, since this may be in different counties, they have to live in whatever county they're applying for the Habitat House. They have to be living there for at least 12 months, and they at least have to have a work history for at least 18 months to uh, 24 months a work history to show us that they can pay this mortgage back to us. They need, have a need, they have to have a need for housing, um, which means they have to be cost burdened. So if they're spending more than 33% of their bring home pay in housing, then that is a need. need. We need to get that burden off of them. If they are living in a crowded situation, overcrowded situation family of five living in a two-bedroom apartment that is a crowded situation and they need to be in a at least a three-bedroom house or a three-bedroom apartment um so the need for housing is a big one and if they're living in an unsafe environment that is a need for housing and also so the need has to be there and then the i guess the last thing is the homeowner has to be willing to partner with Habitat for Humanity. They have to become a partner family, and that partner family the big thing is they've got to agree to pay the loan back to us. Um, they have to agree to do their sweat equity hours, mm-hmm. and they have to agree to go through our learning classes that we offer to help teach uh, people who have never owned a house how to become good homeowners. And some of those classes are like how to change. Uh, how to fix your leaky faucet classes, how to budget, make sure you're not overspending on your monthly budgets, how to, um, why is it important to have a will now that you have uh, a house that you're owning? Why is it important to have insurance on the house? So we want to make sure that we're setting up our homeowners to be good homeowners, and that's where being a partner with us comes into play.
0: We're going to take a quick pause from the podcast to hear a message from Triad Business
1: Bank. Hello, my name is Fuller Parham, senior commercial banker with Triad Business Bank. We opened our doors a little over two years ago to serve the core banking needs of locally owned businesses, real estate professionals and developers, and nonprofit organizations here in the Triad. We raise local capital and have a mission to deploy it back into our local community as a catalyst for growth. We focus on the core banking needs of our local business community. And what that means is we really are looking to help out with deposit treasury cash management services, as well as business, commercial, and real estate borrowing needs. Again, my name is Fuller Parham with Triad Business Bank, and we look forward to learning how we can support your business's growth.
0: Thank you again to Triad Business Bank for their support of the Louisville clemens Chamber of Commerce. And now let's get back to the podcast. When it comes to like where these homes are located as you build, is there a specific, I mean, d- does a homeowner get to decide where they want to purchase a home for ha- with Habitat? Kind of. So, um,
2: I mean, currently uh Davie County, we have seven homes or seven lots in our possession. Um, and we are making the decisions on which ones to build on first, just to get going. Um, So, obviously, I'm choosing from a building standpoint, choosing an easier lot to get going on, one that's going to be in Moxville, so it's kind of like our our home base um, to get our first one going and get it building as quickly as possible. That's the easy part kind of to develop that comes into play um, while we're developing maybe some of the lots that take a little bit more time to do. Um, And so, wherever that homeowner will fall in our pipeline, they potentially, like big picture future, they would get to choose, yes, which lot based on the ones we have available and that we are already deciding to build on. If that makes sense. So um, in essence, they would get to pick if we're building like eventually two to three to four a year. And we have those um, and the homeowners coming through the pipeline at that right time. Um, But we do not do custom housing. And so the homeowner doesn't get to, you know, come with, come with us with a lot to come to us with a lot and say, Hey, I'd like to build a house here. Can you do it? It doesn't work that way quite necessarily, but we have our housing, our lot stock, and they would choose from that. Okay. So they
1: do get to make some housing, like their siding color yeah. choices, yeah. their flooring choices, the colors of their flooring. So they do get some choices on what they're mm-hmm. going to have on their house.
0: Dwayne, you and I talked about this um, prior to the to the call um, that we're doing today, but you you were explaining to me the difference between affordable housing and workforce housing. So can you can you elaborate on that for the podcast?
1: Affordable housing has a negative connotation out in the community. Talk about affordable housing to the normal population, the first thing that comes to mind is those section down, Section 8 housing, government-assisting housing, transitional housing. That's what comes to mind when you're saying affordable housing. Workforce housing, again, is the, is the people who are, have jobs, stable jobs in the community. Um, those teachers who are working in the community, the grocery store workers, the healthcare in the hospital, your custodians and stuff like that. Those are all people out there contributing to a community that just need that little extra help to get them into the American dream of owning a house. Um, also, most of the time the workforce how um, people are really can't a Go out and find a conventional loan on their own they and that's where we step in and we help them get a loan for a house at a very affordable interest rate Inter- interest rates are going up right now and a lot of our houses will have an interest on them i know habitat's old model used to be zero percent interest that is not the new model of habitat so we're going to have a very 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 good interest rate now that I think interest rates are up about 7% now. Most of our homeowners would probably be in the 2%. So there will be a little interest on there, but it will still be a very affordable house for, for those workforce workers within our communities.
0: When you when it comes to Forsyth and the Davie County area, I know that you, you two were focused on Davie. What is the need for the workforce housing in the in the area?
1: It's a huge need. If you look, if we're going statistically speaking, across the United States, there's about a 30% of the population has a need for workforce housing. Um, In Forsyth County or in this area, Forsyth County, Davies, Davidson County, um, Gifford County, that's actually about 35%. So we're about 5% higher than the national uh, average for the need for good, sustainable workforce housing. Um, so, it, it's a big need. You're looking at um, 35% of the population that that needs it. Um, coming from Forsyth County, I know the actual numbers, it's about 10,000 affordable housing units that they need there inside of Winston-Salem. If you go to the county, there are almost 20,000 affordable um, workforce housing units that's needed in a county-wide of Forsyth County. And that just trickles down into Davie County. There's 35% of the population needs it. So it's roughly, I wish I could do the math really quick, but just think of 35% of 100,000 people, which is about 35,000 people that families that need good uh, workforce housing. The, looking on a government standpoint of it, all communities are trying to build up their uh, industries coming in. The, and I know as a chamber of commerce, you're looking at how can we get more industries into the community? Right. And that's where workforce housing is the big thing. And there's a lot of industry coming into Davie County. There's just no housing over here that these workers can afford. Same thing, in course, South County. There's a lot of industry that wants to come into the county, but where's the uh, workers going to live and work? I mean, most of the time, they have to go outside the county to find it. And that's what we are wanting event is that um, people having to go outside where they're living and to uh, work.
0: I know we've talked a lot about the houses that Habitat builds, but I know that you guys do a whole lot more than building new houses. Um, and rumor has it that there's a new restore coming to the area. So, um, before we dive into that, though, would you give us a kind of an overview of the other services that you offer? Yeah, so we're also going to be doing some home repairs
2: um, in the area, and that will kind of vary from from um, exterior repairs. Um, if someone is needing need of like a ramp for accessibility, um, new stairs put on, a um, new front door, uh, weatherization type stuff as well. If windows need replacing, um, if roofs need replacing. Um, as well as potentially some interior modifications um, in terms of HVAC, plumbing, electrical, really stick into those um, main, like, if there's hazards within the house already. Um, So that's kind of what we're going to look into doing as well. Um, Like we said, but the focus will be new construction starting off, just capacity-wise. While we're kind of getting our feet underneath us and kind of going to be – reintroducing ourselves into the area but definitely looking to be doing those repairs as well and open up an application process for those um, hopefully within the next year to um, so we can be serving families in that way as well.
1: And also looking to serve our senior communities because aging in place is a big mm-hmm. thing. Um, seniors are looking at having to move out of the housing that they've been in for 50 years because they do need those repairs. Um, maybe it's a uh, handicap accessibility. and. They're living on a fixed income and they can't afford it. That's some of the things that Habitat does is go in and and do some of those repairs so people can age in their house.
0: That's a gift. That's a huge gift um, for somebody to be able to stay in their home without leaving their years of memories and trying to figure something else out. I know you also have the ReStore. Do do know that this is near and dear to your heart, especially Dwayne. So tell us a little bit about the new ReStore coming in.
1: Let me uh, back up just a little bit and, and we'll go with the mission of the ReStore because the mission of the ReStore is a little different than the mission of Habitat. We are a fundraising arm for Habitat for Humanity and our top line mission is Habitat's mission, which is to help wipe, wipe out poverty housing around the world. So We've got secondary missions. One is the restore wants to try to keep good, reusable items out of landfills. Landfills are filling up all the time with this stuff that could be resold or repurposed or uh, reimagined. Um, and we would love to keep that stuff out of the landfills. And then our uh, other mission is giving the community a place to be able to afford really nice items i've seen again i've been in restores a long time i've seen brand new barca loungers come into the restore which would cost someone five thousand dollars and again we're not going to sell them for a dollar but if that's what you're looking for and you want to pay our price for it it's going to save you about 75 percent off that five thousand dollars it's still going to be a great for the right person but it gives And we also have like sofas, our average sofa runs about $200 for the price. So, furniture is expensive right now. So, it gives people that may not be able to go out and afford that brand new sofa from Ashley or another location to come into our resource and be able to furnish their house on a very reasonable manner. We mostly price everything at at least 50% off retail. Sometimes it goes up to 75% off, just depending on condition. And some of the stories that kind of tugs at my heart about from the restore store is um, we also sell um, gently, uh, gently used mattresses. I know just the thought of that makes people go, use mattress, but they have to be clean, they have to be sanitized, and they have to be rebagged per government standards. Then we can resell them. I've had a gentleman come in one day and told me he was about 50, I think he said he was 53 years old. And he had never slept on a mattress before in his life because he could not afford them. So he bought one of our, um, I think it was the full size, our full size used mattress sell for about $85. So he bought him a mattress set.
0: That's so And sad. now he
1: had a mattress for the first time in his life. And it was just unbelievable to think that's part of the mission of the Restore is to be able to help the community out that way also.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I've I've gone through the restore before in other areas and I mean yeah the the products are great the the um quality is good stuff is clean. I I know when my son got married this summer he and his wife were um trying to find some things for their little apartment they live in a basement apartment at my mom's house and I told them to go to the Habitat for Humanity ReStore to see what they could find because, you know, they don't have a lot of money yet. And so, yeah, y'all had some great stuff in there. When is the uh, new ReStore coming to Davie?
1: We're hoping to have it open April 1st. And that's not April Fool's (laughs) when it was lit. That's when we're being told we'll be ready to go with it. So April 1st, we'll have the brand new Davie County ReStore. It's going to be going in the Bermuda-run shopping center which is right across the street from Bermuda Run Country Club mm-hmm. that's where the old food line was but now it's going to be a brand new restore so it's, it's going to be 20,000 square feet of goodness mm-hmm. so it's going to be a large restore and super excited about what we can offer the community here in Davie County through that restore the volunteer opportunities that can be offered right there with the the people living in the Bermuda-run area, um, the shopping opportunities and being able to donate to us and all the donations of those, the furniture and the home goods and everything else that comes into the Restore, all the money we make stays here in Davie County to help Davie County go and grow.
2: And another good point of the Restore is just, you know, as we eventually will hope to approach potential donors donors and sponsors. The ReStore will eventually cover overhead, right? And so when you're approaching someone, um, you can know that the money that someone's donating is going straight to the mission of building a house because, you
0: know, ideally overheads going to be covered by our income from the ReStore. I mean, it may be too early for you to tell me. When will you guys start taking donations for the ReStore?
1: Our hope is to be able to start sometime 1st of December. Okay. And one us back is to make sure we have a place to put the donations. So we're hoping to be able to start storing things in the back of the new restore 1st of December, if not, but then 1st of January at the latest, we'll be opening up the donations and starting to take things and getting ready for that grand opening in April.
0: When it comes to donations, if somebody has something that they want to donate, but they don't have the means by which to get the donation to you, do you pick up?
1: Yes, we will. And again, that will hopefully kick off either first of December or January, but yeah, we'll have a donation pickup service. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time it would be the bigger items, your clos, your love seats, your bedroom furniture, things that people don't either A don't have a truck to get to us, or they just don't have the ability to get it out of their house and into a truck and to us. So also that's about the time when people are thinking about the bulky item pickup in that area. And we don't want people taking things to the curb that may be able to be resold or repurposed and make someone else's lot happier because now they do have that slightly used piece of furniture that they are, to them is brand new.
0: We, we've talked a lot about, you know, what Habitat does and how Habitat serves the community, but skirted around the volunteerism component. But how can people get involved? with Habitat. What what kind of volunteers are you looking for?
2: Yeah, so when it comes to construction, um, just really looking for anyone that is 16 years and older to come out and then uh, help us build out in the community. Um, we are currently working on our website, so ideally that will be up and running by the end of this year, so that it'll be just as simple as going on our on our website um, and, you know, clicking volunteer, and that'll kind of get you signed up. Um, but for now I'll to share my contact information after um, this but uh, you could just email me directly um, and it'll gonna be keeping a spreadsheet of who I have coming out to volunteer on which days and that sort of thing but um, generally the way the, the model is going to work is um, we're going to be looking for 15 volunteers per day um, looking to build on Thursdays Fridays and Saturdays so we'll have three volunteer days a week for a about 14 weeks to build is kind of what we're shooting for there um, and so starting hopefully the build by February um, ending it up around April time frame and that'll kind of be um, when we'll have the volunteers out there on the job site so in total um, kind of a, a goal that I've set um, just for myself out on the job site is looking for about I think it's about 450 volunteers um, for next year so that'd be great we could use regular volunteers so those that are skilled out in the community and know you know you know how to hang up cabinets and that's the only thing you want to do I can tell you what day we'll be doing it and you can come out that day if you want to come out and learn and do any aspect of it I can you know let folks know what we'll be doing each each week of the build um so there's really going to be opportunity from anyone from completely unskilled to skilled um and this goes for for our you know subcontractors as well if anyone wants to donate um time and, and labor to do more skilled stuff um we're still looking for plumbers electricians hvac because obviously that's licensed work and we won't be um, using volunteers for those certain things same thing with um foundations poured concrete that's going to be um subbed out um but yeah we're just looking for anybody who has a skill talent a want to come out just just let me know and and we'll kind of fit you in anywhere
1: i'm looking for any kind of volunteer so it can be um and I don't want to steal any volunteers from Jess, but sometimes they get hot and cold <laughs> out on the job <laughs> site. So people who would like to say, no, I'd rather be in that controlled atmosphere, the heat and air, to volunteer in the restore, or that they're just not physically able to volunteer out on a job site, then they're more welcome to volunteer in the restore. And anything you can imagine. So they can volunteer to cashier. They can volunteer to help us price. They can volunteer just to help us keep the sort of clean and presentable. If there's designers out there that want to say, gosh, I would love to have practice designing rooms, they can volunteer to come in to help us set up our vignette. Um, on the office side of it, it's anything you can really think of is uh, someone to help us in the administrative office of uh, being a, a receptionist, especially when you're talking to small affiliate. That's just not in our budget to do. So someone says, "I can send and answer the phone for you for four hours a day." Great volunteer for us. Someone that says, "I can help you file papers." Great volunteer. So one of those. Don't let building distract you from volunteering with us because we, whatever your skill is, we probably can put you to work. I know in some affiliates they've been used people who love to cook. So Jeff may have a volunteer group out on site. A volunteer calls us up and says, hey, I can make sandwiches. Would you love to have one? We would say, yes, we can bring them back to their job site and feed volunteers. So anyone and everyone can volunteer with Habitat. It's just not the builders. It's not just the people who like working in a retail operation. Absolutely.
0: That's great. And I know that, you know, you talked about, you know, the regular volunteers, but Um, also, you know, the, I know when I, when I served, um, it was part of a a work project. And so it was almost like team building in a way, even though we were kind of all in our own little corners of the house, just that shared experience alone was a great team building situations and definitely great for organizations, you know, other nonprofit organizations to come in and form a volunteer team with Habitat for Humanities. We're going to take a quick pause from today's podcast to recognize one of our sponsors, Marzano Capital Group. Hi, this is Mike McGilvery, financial advisor and partner at Marzano Capital Group in Clemens. We are privileged to serve this great community, and we strive to help our clients by building wealth management plans tailored to their specific goals. Consistent client communication is the cornerstone of our process, and we hope to add value to your financial planning needs. Once again, thank you to Marzano Capital Group for their support of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. And now let's get back to the podcast. I know that I speak for many people when I say how much we appreciate what you do for the community. It's a valued and necessary resource, and we appreciate the heart that you two obviously share for, for, the, for the people that you serve. I'll put your contact information in the description of the program. But uh, thank you both so much for joining me today. Again, this is the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast. And we have been talking with Dwayne Thompson and Jesse Elmore with Habitat for Humanity, Davey. And um, we will look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Once again, thank you for listening to the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast. The louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce is a member-focused business community. I invite you to learn more about the Chamber by visiting our website, louisville clemenscom And while we're in the world of audio, it's time for the fine print. Everyone has an opinion, but in this case, the views and the opinions stated in this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors. So now that you've been appropriately advised, let me remind you that this podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without expressed written consent of the Louisville Clements Chamber of Commerce.